G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. We're a church that's all about knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. And you can learn more about our church by visiting anglicandolby.org.au. This week's sermon is part of our Follow the Saviour series part 2 looking at Mark's Gospel and it concentrates on the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4 verses 1 to 20. Enjoy the sermon. Again Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat it out on the lake while the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not begin or bear grain. Still others' seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop multiplying 30, 60 or even a hundred times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear let him hear. When he was alone, the twelve and others around him asked him about the parable. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes it away. Takes that word that was sown in them. Others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once received it with joy. But since they had not no root, they let only a short they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among the thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things Come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, 
like seed sown on good soil. Hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. 30, 60, or even a hundred times what was sown. It says the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, friends, please pray for me as I pray for you as we begin to unlock this parable. Loving Lord God, Lord of the harvest, we thank and praise you for your goodness and kindness to us. We thank you for your word to us. And we pray, Lord, that it would sink deep into our hearts and bear a harvest for your glory and for the benefit of all. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, there were three Americans, and they went deer hunting one day. A doctor, a lawyer, and a preacher. Each shot the same buck at exactly the same time. A heated debate began about who actually killed the deer, whose shot it was that uh, actually killed it. A game officer came by, took a look at the buck, and confidently announced that he knew who shot it. It was the preacher who got the buck. You can see why I like this joke. <laughs> what? How do you know, the other two demanded. Easy, the officer said. The bullet went in one ear and out the other. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Follow the Saviour series. Um, it's been great to look at uh, some other books of the Bible over uh, Lent and, and through the Easter period, but I'm glad to be back in the book of Mark. I've missed Mark. Today, the story we're looking at is the parable of the sower. It's a familiar one. It's like a warm blanket on a cold day. Jesus gets on the lakeside and makes this lakeside amphitheater and he delivers a simple story from a floating pulpit. He says, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. Now after Ken's great sermon last week, grappling with the Trinity and having our minds blown there, it's just so comforting. Some of us have heard this parable hundreds of times, and we know what it's about, right? It's about listening to sermons. Listen to the sermon and you'll be good, right? Not exactly. <laughs> no one was thinking that. <laughs> Commentator James Edwards uh, calls this parable the paradigm for all parables. What he means is it's the foundation for our understanding of all of Jesus' parables. Now, what is a parable? It's not a word we use in everyday conversation. A parable is a short story using a familiar setting to illustrate an aspect of the kingdom of God. While the parable of the sower, or sometimes known as the parable of the soils, is familiar, it's also rich. And it's not just about listening to sermons, as it seems the whole congregation knows already. <laughs> in 2004, uh, the European nation of the Ukraine ha held its first multi-party elections after the fall of communism. Now, if you think Aussie elections get heated, the Ukraine is next level. 
that year, the leader of the opposition, Viktor Yushchenko, was poisoned with dioxin. You can see the before and after shots um, while he was on the campaign trail. But thankfully, he survived, and he emerged on election day with a 10% lead in exit polls. Sadly, through outright fraud, the ruling officials reversed the results. On the night of the election, the main state television channel announced, ladies and gentlemen, we announce that the challenger, Viktor Yushchenko, has been decisively defeated. The people were gutted. All except the deaf community. They were looking at the deaf interpreter, Natalia Dmitriuk, on a small sign language box at the bottom of the screen. She knew the result was a lie, and so she quickly signed for all Ukrainians, I am addressing all the deaf citizens of the Ukraine. Don't believe what the authorities are saying. They are lying, and I am ashamed to translate these lies. Yushchenko is our president. Inspired by the bravery of Natalia, the deaf community led the Orange Revolution and began to text their friends and tell others the truth. Within weeks, as many as a million people wearing orange flooded into the capital city of Kiev to demand justice. Yushchenko was later elected president in free and fair elections. Today, Jesus is also starting an uprising, and he's doing it in a subtle but effective way. Today, he's telling us to listen, to listen to the story of the sower. He uses the word for listen, akuo. It's a really great word, akuo. He uses it nine times in the passage that Ken just read. This is a story a story that should change our lives. In the Gospels, Jesus uses at least 36 different parables. In this one, he tells the story of a sower scattering seed to bear a crop. There are four types of soil. The path, the rocky places, the thorny soil, and the good soil. I'll ask you over coffee uh, if you can remember them. The four different types of soil. The story is powerful because the people listening are literally sitting on soil themselves, probably even farmland that such a sower would farm on. Most of Jesus' listeners are subsistent farmers, farmers, so they could plant themselves in the story, pun intended. Like many of us in this district, they know that seed doesn't grow on paths, rocky, shallow soil, or around weeds and thorn bushes. They get it. And this is exactly why the questions that come up in the parable are so telling. Why is the sower being so random? Doesn't he know that you need good soil to bear a crop? While today we have precision planting technologies, farmers then still try to maximize yield. So they would till the soil and they would avoid the bad spots. For their sowing. The second question that we should ask ourselves is why is Jesus being so negative? Why so many failing seeds? The story ends on a happy note with a bumper crop. So why the focus 
three bad soils and one good? The final big question is why is Jesus speaking in parables at all? If he wants to tell us about the kingdom of heaven, why doesn't he just come out and say it? When the disciples finally get Jesus away from the crowds, they ask this third question. They, they say, Jesus, tell us, tell us to it straight. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Here Jesus begins to unravel our question for us. He's talking about the kingdom of God. But he uses parables because the crowds are a good thing and they are a bad thing. They're good because more people are able to hear the message. This is the reason Jesus comes. He's come to earth to preach. But Jesus also knows that his message will cause trouble if it gets into the wrong ears and will be used against him. Like the deaf translator on TV, Jesus needs to speak to people who are ready to listen. In telling his disciples why he uses parables, Jesus quotes the calling story of the prophet Isaiah. In it, the prophet Isaiah is called on by God. God's up there in heaven scratching his head and going, Who shall we send? Notice the Trinity, the divine plural there. He says, Who shall we send? And Isaiah puts his hand up and in that famous sentence he says, Here I am, Lord. But then God says, I'm going to send you to a people who will not listen to you. People who have hard hearts. And you know what? Isaiah goes anyway. Isaiah spends the rest of his life speaking to people with hard hearts. They reject him and ultimately they reject God. But a minority, a few people do listen to Isaiah and they record his message for future generations. And while Isaiah is executed for his words, his message of judgment comes true as well as his prophecies of grace and restoration. Here we're beginning to unravel the answer to the first question. Why is the sower so reckless? Well, because the sower is God. Like any parable, it breaks down at its limit. God doesn't love like a savvy farmer. God is so gracious and kind that he'll give his people chance after chance after chance. He'll show you love even if he knows there's a 99% probability that you'll reject it. God doesn't just pick good people or good soil or confine his love to certain people. Instead, God wants his word to go out everywhere like the seed of this reckless farmer. But the obvious question, the third question remains. If God wants his message to be heard, why obscure it with parables? Does Jesus' quote from Isaiah mean that God wants people not to hear him? Does God want to exclude people and condemn them for a message they can't understand because he's kept it hidden from them? 
No. He's using Isaiah as an example because the crowds in front of him know Isaiah. They know God spoke clearly through Isaiah, but it was the people whose hearts were hard. God showed up. The people didn't. God's not hiding his message. He's telling it high and low. But to hear it, we must be ready to listen. The secret of the kingdom of God is the person of Jesus. Friends, this should be an encouragement for us. We shouldn't be discouraged when we speak about Jesus to our family and friends and they won't have a bar of it. Don't get discouraged if you faithfully teach the word and it doesn't bear fruit. We live in a culture that's becoming increasingly hard-hearted. But we shouldn't give up sharing the good news, the gospel. We need to be patient, taking every chance to tell people more about God and praying that the Holy Spirit will open people's hearts and minds to receive the truth and apply it to their lives. Productivity is in God's hands. So after Jesus explains his reason for using parables, he then explains the parable. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? It's rare that Jesus explains his parables for us. We usually must savor and digest them, and pick them apart and reflect on them in order for us to understand. But this parable is so important that Jesus interprets it for us. The seed is the word, and the soils represent four different types of hearts. Ultimately, friends, all people fall into four categories. First, there are the path people, hearts that won't let the gospel touch them, regardless of how well the seed lands. And Satan comes up and snaps it right up. Now, we might be tempted to think that Jesus is talking about non-believers here, but former Archbishop of Liverpool, J.C. Ryle, reminds us that there are myriads of professing Christians in this state of soul. Sunday after Sunday, they allow the devil to catch away the good seed that is sown on the surface of their hearts. Week after week, they live on without faith or fear or knowledge or grace, feeling nothing, caring nothing, taking no more interest in religion than if Christ had never died on the cross at all. And in this state, They often die and are buried and are lost forever in hell. This is a mournful picture, but only too true. You can see why Jesus has to couch this message in parables. It's strong, but it's true. Next, there are the rocky hearts. Such hearts hear the gospel and get right into it. They get excited, but they're not prepared for discipleship. When following Jesus becomes inconvenient or tough, they give up the ghost. Next are the Thornlanders. Hearts who want to know God and may receive the gospel, but their faith gets choked. 
bad weather, busy lives, job rosters, and desires for other things, things other than Jesus, cloud their vision and kill their hope. It's a simple parable and an even simpler explanation, so I don't want to over-explain it. We know the deal. There are so many people who don't know or don't care about Jesus. And the excuses for not coming to church, for not reading your Bible and praying, for not serving in your community are legion. This is Jesus' point. The answer to our second question of why Jesus focuses on the bad soils. He does it because there are so many ways to leave God behind. But there is only one way to him. And that's through faith. This is why the final soil is good soil. Good, rich, black, nutritious, moist, soft, crumbly soil. No other soil bears a crop. No other soil bears lasting goodness. Good soil does. A 30-fold yield was a bumper harvest for farmers at the time. And Jesus simply goes up there from there. This parable has a happy ending. We can and should keep preaching the gospel because one day, friends, one day it'll land and it will change a life. Maybe even thousands. And so if we understand the story, the questions and the explanation... We need to ask ourselves, what about me? What type of soil am I? Am I a path person? Is my heart dry and hard, not caring that the God of the universe wants to speak to me, letting the word be snatched away? Is my faith in a rocky place? Sure, I've had moments of growth and passion, but now I'm feeling dry. Are the thorn bushes of life choking me out? Am I so worried about the other things that I can't concentrate on God even for a little while each week? These might seem like depressing thoughts, but they're honest. And Jesus isn't going to let us off the hook. And so I'm not going to let you off the hook today. You may have noticed in your pew sheets, I've left a connect card. And um, those connect cards are to really help our church connect. And today, I'm sorry they're so big, I pressed the wrong button on the printer and I wasn't going to waste paper by printing them again in small. (laughs) But they're nice and big so you can read them. Um, I encourage you to um, write on the back. There's pens at the back of the church and in the side in the annex. Um, Maybe you can borrow a pen from the person next to you. I encourage you to to write what type of soil you feel like. And it's okay, you can be any type of those soils. Because this week I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray that our whole church can become good soil for God's sake, for our sake, and for the sake of Dolby and the district. So um, if you didn't get one in your pew sheet, uh, there's extra connect cards. I just encourage you, um, pop, pop maybe a name on there um, you've, you can fill out the rest if you want to, um, but, but just on the back, what type of soil am I? Am I, the, am I the hard soil? Am I the rocky place? 
Am I amongst thorn bushes? Are things trying to choke my faith out? And um, once you've filled that out, um, you can pop them into the Connect Card uh, box. It's just at the annex as you head out. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll read those during the week and I'll, I'll pray for you. I'd love to do that. It will be my privilege. So I don't know how many people there are here. I haven't counted yet. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping and praying that we'll get 30, 40 cards back uh, on Monday morning. Friends, remember, Jesus always disturbs the comfortable and comforts the disturbed. The good news of this parable is that soil doesn't get to choose what type of soil it is, but we do. The manure of life, you can use four-letter words for that, the manure of life doesn't have to harden us, and it doesn't have to make our lives stink. Instead, it can be the fertilizer that helps us to grow. You can choose to open your heart and warm to God today. You can soften your stance towards him. You can thwart Satan's attempts to kill your soul. You can till the soil of your heart and throw the rocks away. You can ask people to pray for you and ask God to cut out the things that choke your faith and receive the water of his spirit and the light of his word. How good is that, friends? Gives me goosebumps. Here we see the great reversal happening and Jesus' revolution taking shape. The people who thought they were good with God wouldn't hear Jesus out. They left as soon as he told the parable. They didn't want to know anymore. But the people who thought that they were bad soil were prepared to listen. The poor, the rejected, the burdened, the sick, the people who had been told that they were God-forsaken turned out to be the good soil. That's why wherever there are humble people, the gospel is flourishing. I think of those little um, sections of our roads where like a seed of sorghum will have, will have penetrated and you just get this random sorghum plant popping up on the side of the road or in the middle of the road. All those little cotton bushes you see around on the side on that rocky, rocky soil. Friends, may we, be, may we be a church like that in a hardened culture. May we be a church that just flourishes because that's what the word of God does when it penetrates our hearts. It helps us to feel wholeness and healing and life. Friends, we need to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would humble us enough to let the gospel sink down into our souls so that it might sprout into a harvest. Don't believe the main screen telling you that things will never change. That selfishness, hard-heartedness, success and self-fulfillment are all that we need to aim for in life. The main screen of life is constantly blaring at you. Give up looking for hope. Consume all you can. Experience all you can. Search out your own self-satisfaction because there is nothing more real in this world. But today, we get to listen to the little sign language screen at the bottom, the screen of Jesus' parables. Jesus is reaching out to us 
through the small screen. He's saying, don't be hard-hearted. There is a better way. Commit yourself to becoming good soil each and every day. And you will bear a kingdom harvest that will last into eternity. Let's pray to the Lord of the harvest right now. Loving Lord God, we thank you that you are a random sower. That your farming techniques may not make sense. And your love is so lavish and great that you would plant your word in our hearts. And so we pray, Lord, that you would help us to soften our hearts, that you would soften our hearts as a community, and that you would help your seed to grow in our lives. May it bear a harvest, bearing 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are all yours, now and forever. Amen.